Riffraff resolution, riffraff revolution, riffraff resolution, riffraff resolution, riffraff resolution. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. And hello, this is Riff Raff Revolution, a podcast about real comedians and real stories about them. <laughs> and really, I told myself I was going to read it and I didn't. Um, my name is Perry and I am a actor, writer, director, producer, other things, etc. So many things. Such <laughs> a multi-hyphenated things. talent she is. Um, I'm Laura. I'm a comedy writer, screenwriter here in Chicago. And today we're talking to Felicia McLeod. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm a Libra. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) And it's Libra season right now. When's your birthday? October 9th. (gasps) Coming up. It's coming up real fast, yeah. Well, happy early birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we always like to ask first the most exciting question. um, How did you get started in comedy? Oh, what did I... I was taking acting classes in... um, in high school, well, like theater classes in high school. And then there was this thing called John Robert Powers. Have you guys heard of that? No. no. Um, it's one of those like institutions where they're like, you bring your kid here and they'll, they'll be a Disney star. So oh I like, my gosh. begged my parents to go there because I just wanted to be a Disney princess. Um, and then I took classes there. And in one of my classes, the teacher told me about Second City. I had never heard of them before. And then I looked it up and I came out to Chicago. Yeah. That's awesome. But I'm not a Disney princess, so oh, not I must stop. Thank you. There's time <laughs> yet. <laughs> Despite my mom still wanted me to like move to Florida to work at Disney and I was like, that no. <laughs> <laughs> I know so many people who have done that. Or like I guess they have like a college program too. Like you can like do a semester at Disney instead of like studying abroad. That's crazy. Yeah. But like essentially you can either be cast as like a performer or like be working concessions. Like you have to audition <laughs> and you'll do either one. So like, like there's some great people job, who end up, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just doing like concession and like ride work and stuff like that. But that's so cool. Where did you grow up? In Wisconsin. Muskego, okay. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Born in Milwaukee. Not too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've been here uh, 11 years. It'll be 12 years in January. Oh, my and gosh. It's so crazy how fast time flies. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, how do you feel like, I don't what is this question that I'm trying to ask? Like, how, how has your, like, perception of Chicago changed being here that long? Being here that long? I think I don't get lost like I used to, and I feel a lot more comfortable here. Mm. Um, you but You know, your way up to their podcast studio on the first <laughs> try. Without Let me tell you how impressed <laughs> I am by that. We got, I think we probably got we lost. We both got lost yeah. several times, yeah. You know what I had to do? I had to turn off my music. I took my headphones out, and I mm-hmm. said, Felicia, focus up. And then I just, I don't know how I figured it out. Because when you said you would buzz me in, that's when I came through the doors. And I was like, okay, then I can come this way. But. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) This is 12 years. 12 years from now, I can't wait to see what I'll accomplish. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I will own this building. (laughs) (laughs) And then get lost. Every day. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, the biggest part of moving to Chicago is, like, learning, like, I know everywhere where I'm looking, if it's north, south, east, or west. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest hurdle. I feel like I'm just now comfortable with that after, I think this is my fourth year. I think I've lived here four years. So, yeah. 
And because before when people would tell you directions, they'd be like, okay, and then you turn or you head east. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, okay, I need a left or right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so like now to be in that mindset, it's, it feels really nice to like know where I'm going. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you came to do like Second City classes, did you start out in improv strictly? I did. Well, it took me um, like four or five years to finally take classes. Mm. And then um, I just started doing improv. And then took, actually I haven't taken any writing classes there, but mm-hmm. yeah. Had you like done a little bit of improv before or was that like your first introduction? That was like the first serious type of improv. Mm. Cause you know you do like improv in classes where they're like, okay and go zip, zap, zap. And you're like, I really did it today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But to like really like trust myself to like okay, and I'm going to invest myself and be in the moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. So have you gone through the other um, improv? I've just gone through um, A through E and then conservatory at Second City, and then I would randomly perform at like Annoyance or IO, and then perform there a lot, <laughs> and got like that stage time hours to be like comfortable in mm. myself with performing. Mm. Mm. Before, like, getting that suggestion from your teacher, had you ever thought about doing comedy or, like, going into the world of comedy? I thought I wanted to do theater, Mm. um, but I think it's wonderful, but uh, I feel way more comfortable doing improv and, Mm. like, riffing than remembering written things. I don't know why, like, my mind just completely shuts down, and I'm like, I don't trust myself to know. But I guess, like after doing it continuously you could get used to it but i feel like at first i was like oh, i can't do this yeah that's interesting because i feel like the opposite like <laughs> without having like a script i'm like oh i don't trust myself to come up with a thing that makes sense yeah um that's cool though um did you feel like you like grew up being like that kind of personality like being able to just like riff like that? i did because i had two older brothers mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. i felt like i had to like talk a lot for someone to actually listen to what I was saying. Mm. So I'd be like, everyone look at me, look. Okay, I can do, I know this, I know that. And when I really like knew nothing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of our guests come on and say that like they were always the like, trying to get attention in their childhood and yeah. at home. That's neat. It sounds like good training though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, early, early like learning how to build an audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then finally when they do focus in, then you're like, <gasps> I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's why we didn't listen to you. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, what do you think some of your biggest inspirations have been in comedy? Man. Or who, um, I guess. Well, definitely. I've told her before, but Dana Kirsioli was our, my level B teacher at Second City. And I am the type of person who I always need approval or for someone to be like, you know you can do this. And then I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> um, so she noticed me like being quiet and not being my full self in class and was like, speak up. We want to hear your voice. <laughs> and then I think like something inside me clicked when I was like, you know what? I do have a voice and I should share it. So it was nice to like have that reassurance from somebody, especially like so early on. Mm-hmm. And I wish like more people had that. Mm. Yeah. That's really great advice. Just like noticing if somebody's like kind of going back into themselves and like yeah back out because a lot of the time those are the main people who want to be vocal Mm -hmm. but they just Mm -hmm. feel like they need permission to when really it's like we should allow ourselves permission to do these things we don't need someone else to give us that approval but Mm -hmm. it's something you just like learn in life 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, permission to fail. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think improv is in comedy in general is like teaches that those lessons like really well. Um, to just like put yourself up on stage and do that. Yeah, that's neat. That's cool. We're trusting ourselves. <laughs> uh, We're doing it. I never trust myself. <laughs> you will. <laughs> that's neat. Um, did you have any like early inspirations in comedy? I would always watch Martin and like Mad TV mm. and yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Living Single, Girlfriends, like I watched that and was like, these are so funny. Especially um, on In Living Color, uh, what's the, I can't remember the Wayne's brother's sister. There was, I can't remember who her name is. I feel so bad. But uh, I remember watching her and her like silly characters and being so goofy. And I was like, man, I wish I could do something like that. Or like Deborah Wilson on Mad TV. I was like, oh my God, she's so funny. I want to like be like that. And again, waiting for someone to be like, you can be silly. Mm -hmm. And then finally when I had that permission, I was like, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. (laughs) So I think like those were like main ones that really got me. Do you feel like you gravitate towards those types of characters in your work now? (laughs) I don't. Well, that's hard because I, in my head, I think I'm being like a big character, but then I'll watch other people do big characters. I'm like, man, I was very mild compared to what they were actually doing. So like, I'm striving to do that, but I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's like portraying what I think in my head is I'm portraying. Mm -hmm. If you could like say your style of comedy do you think you could like say it in a sentence my style <laughs> um, there you go <laughs> i would say uh i feel like i am like a sniper like i sit back and i wait mm. and then uh i can feel a moment where i'm like this needs to be said and i'll say it that's cool yeah i like that the sniper of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I think someone's told me, like, oh, you're like a sniper. And then mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not. And then I really thought about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do just sit back and wait. And then I'm like, mm, here's what I have to say. So how many characters have you killed in the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> they all need it, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, do you have, like, an ideal audience that you like playing to? Uh I love when you can get an awe from the audience mm. or like, oh, when you because I love laughs, but like when you can really like evoke some type of emotion out of them and you're like, oh, you guys were really listening. You were there. Yeah. That's cool. That's interesting because that doesn't happen that often in the improv audience. <laughs> really? <laughs> it doesn't. Well, I love doing like grounded characters. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're like. Um, this is heavy. And I'm like, you're welcome. And it's funny. Yeah. This is also real life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the world. Yeah. That's nice to like see a range of emotions coming from the audience too. Cause like, it's easy just to keep laughing throughout the whole thing, but yeah. yeah, Changing your emotion in it too, or like being inspired to change your emotion. That's what we have to do. That's what I love doing. (laughs) Cause it's hard when you have audience members who are like, you, you can tell they're listening, but they're very quiet. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, Oh, you I, I need to know if you like this or not. Like what's happening. Mm -hmm. But really they're just like, (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) I'm interested in what you're doing. I'm engaged. (laughs) Do you remember a time where you had to play to like a particularly challenging audience and like how that worked out? They're just drunk people, I think Mm -hmm. is rough. Um, 
especially because you ask for a suggestion and then you get it and then they continue to talk and you're like, we've, okay, we've I'm received the like, suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet down. Um, so I think that's just the hardest thing. Luckily, I haven't run into anything where it's been like really mm. ridiculous. It's only been people who are like, I think I'm funny. I want to say this mm. from the audience. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not necessary. This is what we're here for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's definitely been in the audiences that I've been the most uncomfortable in is like when an audience member tries to like play along with the funny and it's like, that's not your job right now. <laughs> Why would you think it is? But yeah. You're like looking, you're like, oh, you're not on here. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not performing <laughs> today. Did you chat here? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think so. <laughs> so let's zip it up. Right yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those are, yeah, luckily those are the only like situations I run into mm-hmm. so far. Do you have like a routine before you go on stage or like something that gets you in the zone? <laughs> if it's improv, just hanging out with whoever I'm playing with just mm-hmm. so we can like gel together. Mm-hmm. If it's a sketch, I think it's like me standing in a corner going over my lines and being like, oh, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially like there's that app um, called Off Book where you can record mm-hmm. your lines and the other people's lines. And then it can, there's a choice where you can like mute yours or it'll give like a little beat before yours. So it's like nice to have that so I can have it in my ears and just like listen to that and figure that out. That's good. I know that there are some resources for that out there, but I didn't know the name of the app. That's pretty cool. It's good. And it's free. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone try it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You mentioned before being a little bit like uncomfortable with memorizing lines how does that translate into sketch or like how do you feel about doing that (laughs) i also hate memorizing lines, which is why i don't really act anymore (laughs) i retired (laughs) it's like you know you're like you you have to uh i think i just put it it, my problem is i put it off i procrastinate too long Mm -hmm. and then i get freaked out because i'm like i don't have long before we have to rehearse and now i'm gonna embarrass myself because I'm not off book like I said I would be and it's like it's not I I think it's all in my head so I'm trying to like work with that Mm -hmm. but it's not that hard to get off book for shows but in my head I'm like this is going to be so much for me to have to do (laughs) it's just uh, our own obstacles that we put in our own ways but we're learning. Every day. I need it. Yeah. So I'm trying to, that's my goal for next year is to be more comfortable with it, especially going in for auditions and stuff. And they send you like two pages and, and you have a few days. It's like, you have time to do that, mm-hmm. to figure it out. But I get in the room and I was like, I swear I was off book before I got in here. And now I'm nervous because I lost some brain cells just mm. walking through the th- threshold. So. Yeah, yeah. The pressure always is then like just wipes your mind blank. <laughs> I, like my, I studied theater in college and my senior acting class, like we all had to prepare audition monologues. And like one of our last days to like present it, like most of us forgot our lines and our teacher got so mad at us. <laughs> but we were just like, we're just, just we're stressed <laughs> seniors and like we're about to go into the acting world and uh, but yeah I get it yeah. <laughs> um tell us about Matt Damon improv we've had Allison Reese on before yes. um but we'd love to hear your perspective on like the style and like your work with them too I love them so much I think they've helped me grow to be such a strong performer now <laughs> um it all started because Allison Reese was watching Project Greenlight where um 
Actually, either she watched it or Kevin Mullaney told her about it. But on Project Greenlight, Matt Damon uh, explained diversity. He, like, talked over Effie Brown, the only black woman in the room, the only woman of color in the room, um, and told her that you don't need someone of color to be behind the screen or behind the scenes if you have them on screen. When it's like, how could you tell someone's story if you don't have anybody, like, in the writer's room or, like, directing people of color that doesn't make any sense and she was a director right and she's a director yeah. mm. so it's like thank you i don't need you to explain <laughs> diversity <laughs> to me um so after watching that um allison came up with the idea where it's we'll have one white improviser either matt damon or lena denham that we love in the community to come and play them but the only caveat is they can only say words that we've already said forcing them to really listen um and it's just it's been so fun because we've had so many wonderful people play with us and to see them be nervous is hilarious <laughs> uh but it's it's just been such a wild ride i can't believe it's been like almost three years mm. i think that we've been playing together we're gonna go to la in october oh my gosh that's oh, great. awesome is it yeah. for a festival or yeah for the diversity festival mm. very cool so you've been with it since the beginning yes well the only thing was uh i was working at two different places so I couldn't make rehearsals and I missed a couple of the first shows and then when I left one of my jobs and I like made all the shows that's so cool yeah um what originally drew you to joining the group I did a show at um under the gun theater and it was what was it called um man it slips my mind right now but Maya and Allison were in charge of the show Mm. uh Oh, man, I'm so mad. But they were in charge of the show, and I met them there. And then I had written a monologue, and I was asking Kevin Mullaney to, like, help me with the monologue. And then he introduced me to Allison and Maya. So then Allison asked me then, and and then I joined the group. That's awesome. Yeah. And the rest is his. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's it. So cool. Yeah. Um, you guys do get to travel a lot as a group. What is that like, like? essentially touring <laughs> together we, were, we went to boston last year right Matt yeah it was hometown <laughs> yeah we oh, went yeah. to boston <laughs> and we're like let's look for him <laughs> let's knock on his door we went there we went to st louis uh cincinnati it's been really fun uh, the only thing is like we would go to these places back to back to back so i think we needed time to like come back mm-hmm. and relax and then go mm-hmm. but it's been so fun to perform in so many festivals and then we got to teach some workshops too so yeah that's so cool and i I didn't realize that i would love to do that for like a few years i would love to tour i never thought that that's something i would want to do what what do you like most about it uh you get a you get your own hotel room (laughs) (laughs) you get a nice bathtub and like (laughs) i got a bunch of bath bombs that i'm just like waiting to use uh (laughs) (laughs) so everybody get one yeah and just relax uh and you don't really have like a stress stressing schedule because it's Mm -hmm. like you'll teach a workshop in the morning and you'll have maybe one or two shows and then that's it so it's like what were your workshops about um it was allison wrote it up um she would ask people like what's something that people would normally uh peg you as in a scene or like how would someone like they'd pull you out and they'd be like oh i want you to be a maid or you're like the help and then we would be like what's something opposite that you would love to play like 
playing on status and then we'd have them perform like that and it felt empowering for them because they'd be like I don't always have to fall into this and if somebody does try to make me into these characters this is how I can empower myself in the scene so it's like that's cool yeah I I love hearing people talk about <clears throat> excuse me um developing that skill of like even if somebody says I'm this thing I can like morph it to be like actually more empowering and more like mm-hmm. myself and I think that's an amazing skill as an improviser to have yeah especially mm-hmm. if you get pegged as a certain character all the time because people try to do that they're like okay I'm gonna come in and I'm the high status character and you're like mm-hmm. okay I'm high status too mm-hmm. so or I'm even higher <laughs> <laughs> you perfect high, I'm the queen I'm what were we saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so it's like it's nice to get that reassurance where it's like you you have the ability to pull yourself up you mm-hmm. don't have to knock yourself down because someone tries to knock you down in a scene. That's awesome. Mm. Um, what's one of your favorite places that you guys toured? <sighs> That's hard. I feel like they all mesh together. I think I just remember uh, going out to eat with them, and which was really nice. Oops. <laughs> um, but like favorite stage-wise? Mm. Cincinnati was really fun. They had some really cool stages. That's me. Cincinnati's a pretty cool town. I recently went there as like a girls' weekend trip. My friend like suggested it, and we were like, okay, but it was like really fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have low expectations. All right, we'll see what Let's this go is. Ohio for a crazy girls' weekend. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, it's a cool town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's neat. Um, have you, I know Allison talked a little bit about this, but have you ever felt any pushback about the form from, for Matt Damon improv? There's been people who've asked us to use the form, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, oh, to like use it for their own group. To use it for their oh, own group. interesting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and especially if they like don't have any personal color in the group and you're like, Ooh. what's happening? Um, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick pause. Yeah. Um, there's been people who are who think we're like either cutting down or trying to make fun of Matt Damon, and it's like that's not the point of it. We're trying to show like bring light to voices that need to be brought light to. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're not trying to make fun of him. Lena Denham we think is trash. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon we're like okay, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like that never comes up. Like, it's only at the beginning and only in the name. Like, it's not like the whole thing is about Matt Damon. Like, yeah. That's interesting that they would think that. Or, like, random people will ask to be, like, Matt Damon, and we're like, <laughs> we don't even people. know you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it is funny, because you can tell in the audience when people think they're coming to a show that's about Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, like, really? Look, no. Yeah, look at the stage. He's not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What kind of audiences do you... Um, feel that you draw because I've been to mm-hmm. see Matt uh, you perform here locally mm-hmm. and I have noticed that it's a lot of people of color mm-hmm. who come to see you here in Chicago but um, when you tour is it more diverse or when we tour it's uh, it's mostly their theater so it's like whoever's mostly at their theater and a lot of time it's like a lot of white people that are there mm-hmm. um, but do uh, a couple of people of color do come mm-hmm. out? Mm-hmm. I can imagine that if you are touring, some people might know less of what the mm-hmm. group is about and yeah. just kind of show up too. Yeah. So 
So a lot of people show up or like we'll hear word of mouth from someone else. We're like, I heard you guys are a great group. So we wanted to see you. Mm. So it is really nice. But it's especially in like other places, there's there's a problem with people of color in the community, too. Mm -hmm. So you can tell like there's lacking. But hopefully we're all doing the work to figure Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, Do you what is it like? um, how do you compare performing with Matt Damon and Prop and like other other groups that you perform with? I <laughs> honestly, I think I perform better with them than other groups, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm trying to work on too, because <laughs> I feel so comfortable. I'll go out into a scene mm-hmm. with any of them and I can say anything, which is what we should be able to do in improv. Mm-hmm. But when I'm playing with other people, I'm like, how do I uh, uplift them? How do I make them look good? What can I say? that'll be like a good character that they'll bring back later on or something. Uh, instead of, I feel there's nothing in my head when I go in for Matt Damon. I'm just like, I'm here and in the moment. And if they give me an emotional reaction, I'm reacting off of that, which is how I should play everywhere. But I feel more comfortable with them because I know no matter what, I'll be taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's nice that you've been able to work with them for so long and like yeah. feel that comfortable up on the stage too. That's nice. Yeah, the trick is trying to, like, simulate that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think other people are trying to, like, take care of you. Because, like, I have other groups I've been performing for a while, too, with. So they do support me and take care of me. But I just, I don't know what it is in my head when I get on stage with them. I'm just, like, free to do anything and be anything. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Are, do you do you as a group feel like that um, you play certain types of scenes more often or like certain topics or certain characters? Um, yeah, you can tell the habits of some people. I love to sit. So <laughs> whenever sometimes I'll get on stage and people will like clear the chairs. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we like to mess with each other. So Ange loves to sing. <laughs> yeah. She likes to be comfortable where I come in and let her be comfortable. Angela loves to uh, sing. So does Anna. Uh, Maria plays like really great emotional scenes. Allison is just a beast and perfect and plays everything. Tina and Yasmin are so funny and like they can play wild characters and they can play like little small meat characters. It's really, they're great. If I didn't, <gasps> could you imagine? <laughs> oh, <down>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. How how big is the group altogether? There's seven of us. Um, Well, well, there's Angela, Maria, Tina, Yasmin, Devon, Trap, Children, (laughs) (laughs) Angela, Tina, Yasmin, Allison, Maria, me. Did I say me already? I don't think so. (laughs) Two A's. I think there's, oh my God, there's six of us, but we count seven because Lynette lives in LA, Mm. but she's going to be playing with us when we come out there. Oh, Oh. that's exciting. Mm. Do do you bring people on new every once in a while or do you typically stick to the group? We just stick to the group. Yeah. That's nice. That's cool. Because like we all have personalities and what I love is our play style is so playful, but we are all so different. Mm. Yeah. Get all the all the perspectives in there. <laughs> I need it, all of them. That's cool. Um, 
So this last year you were in Bob Curry. Yes. You did the Bob Curry Very Fellowship. exciting. It yes, really congratulations. Exciting. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can you tell us about how that experience was for you? It was really great because I auditioned like five years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I remember feeling so like down on myself, but going through it now, I it was perfect timing. I really think that the timing means everything and like, I was ready for it. I was ready when I would get notes to not like crumble and be like, oh, they hate me instead Mm -hmm. of like, these people are trying to make me be better. They're not trying to like cut me down. So I think it was perfect timing and like I learned a lot and I got to play with a lot of people who I admired from afar and finally we were in like in the same room and got to play together. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I never thought about like being in a, in a, good confident place of about as a performer um to like be able to you know go through a program like that yeah that's really cool because I went through conservatory a long time ago Mm -hmm. and I feel like I wasn't ready or as present as I could have been as compared to now so like it feels nice to have that perspective where it's like I wasn't ready at that time but I'm ready now Mm -hmm. to do it and to receive notes yeah do you feel like that was just like building more experience and getting more stage time mm-hmm. to prepare for that? I needed more experience. I needed more stage time. I mm-hmm. needed to fail a lot more to be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think um, the program like developed you as a uh, performer or writer? It made me feel a lot more confident. And um, especially when you do improv to writing, uh, I don't know why. I made it in my head such a bigger thing than it was. Mm-hmm. Like I would write my name on the paper and be like, okay, I did all I could do today. Writing has been there. It is. It's so hard. We but it's like. About that <laughs> and there's so many different writing styles. And I think people mm-hmm. get caught up that they're not writing like somebody else when really it's like, you can write however you need to write to get the finished product that you would like to have. Mm -hmm. But instead it's like, oh no, okay, now I need to have this, when really it's like, no. Free write and figure it out. Uh, Do you you feel like you do more writing now since the program? Yeah, I do. do Well, this is what we were talking about earlier. How do you like, like when do you write or how do you like find time to write in your daily schedule? Luckily for my job, I'm in front of a computer the whole time, mm. and it's not that busy because it's at a yacht club, so most of the people are on the water, so mm. no one's, like, really asking me for things. Um, so I'm in front of a computer, so I have time to just write whatever I want. Right now I've been writing <laughs> Love at the Harbor on my Twitter I account. love it. I follow <laughs> the account every day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And then I have, um, that's Jamaican Bacon for Love at the Harbor. And I started another Twitter account called uh, Fire. It's on my Twitter. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, And that is based off of CoStar. Because, you know, everyday CoStar tells you, like, um, you should read a book more. Or sometimes you don't know how to. It is really bossy. (laughs) It is. Is that like the daily, daily like inspiration things? Or so? I think I've seen some people posting. It is, them. but sometimes it's like super, or kind kind of hurtful. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this hurts my feelings. Um, but like today, mine was uh, human contact is a luxury good. So I would. Uh, <laughs> oh my God.
I did have an idea for like a cheesy Hallmark movie and then uh, took one part of it and then made it into a drama. And I had never written a drama before. Um, so we'll see what that turns out to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Because uh, originally it was called Never Let You Go. Because <laughs> um, this girl, um, she's in a relation. And uh, they had that cute thing where they'd be like, oh, I'd never let you go. And then he died tragically some way. Um, <laughs> you got to bring the audience in. And, uh, and then, uh, so like she takes time in her life to like rebuild herself and like, find love within herself again and like forgiveness. I'm not sure exactly how he died. And um, then she gets to that point and then she like finds this new job and moves to a different city, probably the big city. (laughs) And then uh, she's walking down the street. She trips on the sidewalk and somebody grabs her and she's like, oh, thank you so much. He's like, I'd never let you go. And then that's like the credits. (sighs) Yeah. I like, I cry. (laughs) (laughs) But then I changed (laughs) But then, like, the drama portion was, um... That wasn't the drama (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was the rom-com. Um... (laughs) The other one was she's, uh... In the beginning, um, she's in a morgue. (laughs) And she's, like, crying. And, like, it, uh... It pans up and you see, like, there's somebody in a body bag behind her. And then it... The movie would be playing in reverse where it shows her falling in love with herself because when she was getting into a relationship with whoever was in the body bag, she was losing herself to be with whoever that person was. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the movie, um, when you find out like how they first met, uh, it'll cut back to her leaving the morgue and like starting a fresh start where she's like, I'm going to love myself again. So that one's the comedy. <laughs> no, that's the drama. Oh, okay. One. I was like, yeah. wait, <laughs> what's drama and what's comedy anymore? Is she the killer? <laughs> and then and it's then Lifetime. It's <laughs> that would be fun to, like, write a full movie script and then just do it in a bunch of different styles and, like, yeah. somehow produce that together. Like, that's yeah. interesting. But I, like, I've never written that long of a script. It's only mm-hmm. been, like, sketches or Twitter. Yeah. So it's like terrifying to like think about sitting down and writing that, but I just think it would be so fun if it did turn out to whatever it's supposed to be. Is it something you're still working on or do you have like a, a full script? It's something I'm still working on. Okay. I've only gone, done beats of mm-hmm. the drama one. So when we looked at your submission form thing, you mentioned wanting to talk about imposter syndrome, yes. which I think is such an interesting topic. Do you want to talk a little bit about that (laughs) about what i live with every day um because i've been doing improv for a very long time and then recently i started like sub teaching and like coaching um Mm -hmm. and there's still part of me who's like they're gonna figure out that you're not good at this or they're gonna figure out that you don't have the tools to help them learn um so i'm trying to like realize that I'm here for a reason and I've worked hard and I I have an eye for it and I can t- do it as well mm-hmm. instead of just like cutting it down cutting myself down so I think imposter syndrome is all over especially like when you start writing and then you're like no one's gonna like this instead of just getting your full thoughts out and then 
piecing together whatever it is that you want to do. I so relate to that. <laughs> it's hard. probably why I haven't been writing as much lately. Yeah, and you have yeah. to, like, allow yourself to fail. I don't know when we, like, lost that, like, as kids where you'd, like, let's play this game and I'm going to make it up. Mm-hmm. And now, as adults, we're like, if the game's not already written out, I don't know how to play. Instead of allowing ourselves to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. I, like that. I feel like for me, too, and we've talked a little bit about this, I'm always so, like, hyper aware of the other people around me and, like, thinking mm-hmm. about, like, how they're perceiving me and, like, my work. Um, do you feel like that also relates to you? And how do you, like, yeah. deal with that in yourself, <laughs> at least? <laughs> Especially when you see people have such fun characters or like uh, fun ideas uh, if they're pitching like for sketches and you like small yourself up because you're like well I'll never come up with something as good as that when really they just said a word and they just riffed off that and that's how they figured out whatever it is that they're doing Mm -hmm. like I have to remind myself that it's okay if I bring an idea and it's not good because then I'll learn that I won't bring that idea again or I'll reshape that idea Mm -hmm. to be whatever it's supposed to be Mm. so to allow myself to you i wanted to start like doing stand-up but it's so scary to think about going back to failing and then Mm -hmm. being okay with that when really it's like that's just a journey i have to go through where i'm gonna go in a room and people aren't gonna laugh Mm -hmm. and i might get booed but you know what i won't next time i won't do whatever i did last time to the next time i do it Mm mm-hmm that's great. Yeah, it's so great to think of, like, all of comedy aspects as, like, a learning experience since you are, like, relying so much on, like, the feed- direct feedback from yeah. the audience in front of you. It can be very stressful, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is really stressful, but we have to, like, take care of ourselves and know that it's okay to put out, that get that dirt water out. Or even mm-hmm. we could be writing something right now that's really incredible. But in our heads, we're like, man, this isn't good. And it's just give yourself a chance because we got it. (laughs) Do you ever feel like, um, because this just made me think of, like, do you ever write something out or, like, perform something that you eventually at some point think or, like, this is not what I want and, like, put it away. But then do you ever go back and revisit it? Yeah. How do you, like, approach like what her how do you I guess identify the areas that it's like this is what needs to be improved I think just testing it out or like doing things that really bring you joy or make you laugh like there was Matt Damon we had a sketch show um and I wrote this (laughs) sketch called fart court um where they would go back and forth and be like uh he who smelt it dealt it things back and forth um and I was trying to develop a solo character and I had written that a while ago and came back to it and like took pieces that would make sense to him like delivering something um, mm-hmm. with what I wrote before and then just tried it out. And there were some things where people didn't like so I changed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's so important to like be okay with like tearing apart something that you've already done and like re completely reworking it. And that's so yeah, hard not for me up on something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Especially cause sometimes when you write something, you're like, this is my baby. And it's like, it's okay. Just change it to a new baby. Oh, that sounds <laughs> so bad. You can so change bad. your baby. It's fine. <laughs> you can Manipulate change your baby. Your baby. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Science is 
incredible. It's not what raising a child is, it's manipulating the child. Truly it is, yeah. And they manipulate us, yep. and we all figure it out. <laughs> I go through phases where, like, I'll finish a draft, either a sketch or, like, a, a humor piece, and then I'll love it, and then I'll get notes from other people, and I'll try reworking it, and then I'll learn to hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, this, is, this isn't what I originally wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And also, what's hard is... Um, with some notes you take and some notes you just let fly mm-hmm. because if if it's not the audience that you're like looking towards if it's like a friend and you're like hey could you read this and give me notes and they do and it's someone who you love and trust and they're like i didn't really like this part and it's like well that part's not for you because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> somebody might like this part because mm-hmm. you could and that's with a lot of movies and like with a lot of books and like music a lot of people hate things that i love which is so interesting, but we're all like different. So sometimes you have to produce something that someone's like, I didn't like this. And it's like, okay, well, Somebody it's good. <laughs> yeah, someone else will. Mm-hmm. It's for someone. Yeah, and sometimes it just doesn't work for the group that you're writing with too, maybe. Yeah. Um, their, their That's opinions. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or how they also are imagining the show is going to go. I am. I, this is kind of related to um, how to deal with imposter syndrome a mm-hmm. little bit, but like, how do you deal with... Like feelings of professional jealousy. Yes, I know that's hard. But what you have to remember is like, what's for you will be for you. And there's opportunities out there for all of us, even though we're fed the idea where it's like, well, there's only six slots, you know? Um, And what is supposed to be yours will be yours. And all you have to do is just like, keep working and keep looking forward. Because if you're looking at someone else, then you're missing opportunities that you could be having. And also, people who are getting those opportunities are looking at you and in your plate like, oh my God, but you have this opportunity. When it's like, we need to concentrate on ourselves and build each other up and just keep working. Mm-hmm. And I think timing is really important too because there's been people who got something years ago and I'm like, oh, but I wanted that. And then getting it years later and realizing like I wasn't ready for that at that moment my moment is now and I got and I need to keep working so I can get whatever things I need to receive so it's just being patient with yourself and it's you're allowed to also be sad for yourself that you didn't get whatever the opportunity was because just because you're sad about it doesn't mean you're not happy for your friend or whoever Mm -hmm. it is that got it Mm -hmm. but it's just you don't want to like try and tear them apart to make yourself feel better because in the end it won't make you feel better. That's great. Yeah. Those are wise words. Yeah. <laughs> um, also for my mom. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get it. And she's like, it wasn't for you. That's not yours. And don't wish to take what they have because you're either not ready for it or it's not your time or you have something else that's coming for you. Yay, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really great. That's good to mer- remember. <laughs> and it's hard. And I think it's yeah. something we just have to do every day is to remind ourselves, like, we're doing fine. Like, look at us now. We have a lot of great opportunities and we're doing a lot of great things. And we can't keep looking at the things that we didn't get. We just have to keep working and moving forward mm-hmm. and be undeniable. Like, no one can tell me I'm not funny. But I tell you, a lot of people told me I wasn't funny. (laughs) 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 A lot of people did. And I believed it. And like, 
silenced myself and then realized, like, fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we say, like, a time that you felt like I, – I think we've changed this a lot. I don't know. Well, uh, like, a time that in comedy you felt either marginalized or, like, something – Or outside of s- comedy. Yeah, it can also be outside of comedy. Yeah. You said it really well last time. Do you remember what you said? No, but (laughs) (laughs) basically, like, you know what satire is. Anything that's, like, annoying you or, like, angering you right now. That's what I liked. With the world, we're open to doing anything. That's what I like, that anything that's just annoying. (laughs) All right, well, I've worked a lot in customer service, Mm -hmm. um, and I used to work at a hotel, and it just blows my mind how people don't consider that other people exist. Mm-hmm. Or would treat you like you're not human just because you work there. It's like, but you're here to just do for me. And I'm like, well, bitch, you didn't pay enough for <laughs> me to like bow down. So I just made myself upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's laugh about yes. it. <laughs> if you want to start your own. Yes. Um, <clears throat> hi, I was told that there would be a bathtub in my room. Um, which room are you in, ma'am? I'm in two two one. Oh, that one that one has the luxury shower though. That's okay. our, that's our new room model that we're trying to test a out. Special spa level shower. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I bought a special spa bath bomb that I can't uh just throw in a shower, you know? I need to be in a in a tub. Hmm. hmm. Can someone go build a tub for me? Well, uh, we don't keep someone on staff to do that, but um, let me see if we have any other rooms available. We're actually completely booked up, but there is a spa in our basement if you want to visit that. Interesting. I want to give you a voucher, perhaps, for the bath bomb? Yes, there we go. No, I'm ready to be in a bathtub. Hmm. Yeah, I'm wearing my bathtub wear. How about a complimentary champagne? Thank you. I'll take this. Mm-hmm. But I still want a bathtub. Cookie? Ooh, yes. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> but I'd still like a bathtub. Um, there's a bathtub store next door. Okay, so what time wanna... are you guys going to go and pick it up and bring it up to 221? Um, uh, we could... Um, mm, let me call my manager really quickly. <laughs> So, um, turns out that's a very new model and we can't replace the tub in there. How about, here's a coupon for another free stay and we'll make sure that you get a bathtub room. This is, this is so nice. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. so nice of you. Thank but you. This, Thank you. This and maybe we can, you know, deliver a whole basket of bath bombs to you. That's a great, here, I'll write that on the voucher so we remember. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Have a great stay. Okay, yeah, I'd still like to talk to a manager. <clears throat> Our manager died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just now after I called him on the phone. Do you think I could talk to their family? Uh, no. They're planning the funeral. I, I actually just became the interim manager, so okay. um, you've been talking to me. Okay. So, yeah. Is, is there another manager? Um, let me check my computer. Um, no, there okay. is not another manager. Um, thank you for, thank you for your concerns. Thank you. I haven't walked, I haven't walked away. 
Here's champagne. Okay, thank you. Cookie? Okay, nom 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 nom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, ma'am, uh-huh. a champagne. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you have any champagne openers? People that can open it. Oh, um, <clears throat> Emily here can open that for you. Emily, mm. as interim manager, please open her champagne bottle for her. Okay, pass it over. Go one. Thank you, Emily. Two. Three. Poop. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it spilled all over oh. you and the lobby. And Congratulations. That, that, Opa. That's, that's good luck. It's, it's that's all over my bath, my bathtub wear. Well, that, now you should just take a shower and clean yourself off a bit. Thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. I'm still standing. Right. Cookies. Okay. <laughs> um, nom, nom, Five nom, cookies. Nom. There you um, go. Nom, 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 nom. <clears throat> Hi, can I help you? Hi, yeah. Uh, I was told <laughs> I would get a free sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. a guest. Cookie. Mm. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. We only serve guests here. Okay, but what if I was a guest 62 years ago? Um. Oh. What's your last name? Guest. I don't think this hotel was here 62 years ago. Hmm. I don't have any record of a guest named Guest. Hmm. You, you know what? You take this cookie. We'll see you in another 62 I years. I was told it would be a sandwich. What kind of sandwich, sir? A turkey with a little bit of avocado. Emily, can you, as interim manager now, will you please go get that? I don't think I like you being interim manager. Well, I've been elected interim manager. By who? Please not in front of Sir Guest here. You know what? I brought two swords if you want to sword it out. That's all right. I'll just take that cookie back. Oh, okay. And um, let me call I think I want to be interim manager. (laughs) Emily? Now, we've talked about this not in front of the guests. He's not a guest. I'm not a guest. After all of the things that we've gone through with these guests. Please in his bathware. Maybe we should get him a sandwich. One moment, sir. I didn't mean to cause any issues. Well, it's not a problem. No, no, no. It's fine. Here, here oh, is your sandwich. You didn't, you didn't cut it. You didn't cut <sighs> the bread. I like the the uh, sides to be off, and it to be in a circle. Okay, <clears throat> Emily, would you mind? You're right next to the knives. It's very difficult to cut a sandwich in a it, perfect circle. That's, I just have to say that right off the bat. My body will reject it if it's not a perfect circle. <clears throat> Thank you. There. Thank you for stepping it's up. More to like the a plate. heart, but I love Facsimile it. Facsimile of a circle. Um, 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 um. And then juice. Do I get some juice? You know, would you like to book a room with us? Uh, I heard before you were sold out. Um, well, Otherwise, I would. It looks like we have some availability tomorrow. Okay. If you'd like to spend a night with us, I would love to. I, I have $5. Well, a room here averages 150 a night. Okay. Not including tax. Yeah. So can can I have some assistance? Um 
You mean like uh, like tuition assistance? Yeah, like I have five, and then you guys give me two hundred. Um, call security. Let me just one moment. You know what? Mm-hmm. My watch is going off. I must. I must skedaddle. All right, and we hope to see Ta-ta. you soon. I'll take this cookie. Okay. Oh, nom, 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 nom. And you're a manager. <laughs> And see, yes. <laughs> that's that's so crazy because uh, when you said my manager was dead, it reminded <laughs> me. I used to work at a call center, um, American TV, where we'd like schedule deliveries or service, and this lady was supposed to be getting her coffee table, and the delivery drivers, one of his like I think his mom passed away, mm. so he like canceled obviously his mm-hmm. route, and she's like. Okay, but I need my table. I was like, "Bitch, did you not hear me say?" Oh my mom gosh! <laughs> Can yeah. you give us a second? <laughs> so that's when I realized I was like, "Oh, there are terrible people in the mm. world." Yeah. I once took a. I also work in customer service, and I once took a call where the woman was simultaneously yelling at me, but also yelling at her Uber driver, and oh, I could no. like hear his responses to. Her. She was like trying to tell him where to go, and he was like. I'm going to do this. And then she would like come back to me and like yell about the thing that we were talking about. And I was just like, all right, I'm not going to feel at all bad about myself <laughs> leaving this conversation yeah. because well, I yeah, know she's that she's terrible, being a jerk. She's great at multitasking. Yeah. That's I mean, good. she was. I would get lost. I'd be like, okay, where was I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, answered a lot of calls today where I had to like talk people through the steps of what they were actually talking to me I'm about. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Customer service, man. I mean, yeah. Sucks. <laughs> they try and steal us, steal our hearts and our souls. Yep. But we cannot let them we because let them. they don't deserve it. And they're so just true. like suffering or whatever in their lives where they feel like they have to project on somebody that they don't even know. That's what I always try to imagine too is they're, they feel in not in control somewhere else. So like they have to like be in control of this thing that they're buying or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a great place to end. <laughs> um, can, where can people find you? Yes, uh, every Sunday at 9.30, Matt Damon is playing at Annoyance Theater. Um, I'm also on a team Nectar at I.O. Our, the schedule changes every week, so look that up. <laughs> Just <search> or <laughs> reach out to me and I'll get you comps for whatever show you want to go to. Oh, Do you have a website or how can people find you on mm-hmm. online? Yes. Uh, for Twitter, it's Jamaican Bacon and Fan of the Fire, two different ones. On Instagram, it's Laugh with Fee, where I take pictures of lost like clothes or shoes or something. <laughs> and then I say whatever the cross streets are because I hope one day someone reunites with their clothes. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's this <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder, like, when you see one shoe on the side of the road, like, what happened? How did this happen? How did somebody open their car door and it came out or what? It's a story. <laughs> There's definitely a story yeah. behind these. There's yeah. gotta be. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to us Thank today. you so much for having me. This has been a Neighbory Inc. podcast. Go to neighboryinc.com for more details. Follow Riff Raff Revolution on social media at r underscore r underscore revolution because they couldn't get a more convenient handle. This episode was edited by Jacob Duffy Hallblive and Dominic Guanzan. This episode was produced by Perry Hunt and Laura Leland. Bye. Bye. Syphilis, syphilis. Do you say that both of them back and forth? <laughs> you can. Syphilis, syphilis. I think that's that's a tongue twister for me. Was it just last episode? I don't know if I should talk about last episode if we're not going <laughs> to do them in the right order. order. Releasing. Um, well, we can cut this out. But <laughs> we were talking about... Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, uh.
This is one of those awkward <laughs> moments that Angel called us out for when he was recording. <laughs> we're real, damn it. We take yeah, long pauses. We need to take breaths. We need to think about it, recenter ourselves. Exactly. All right. Our last segment of the evening. Um, so we are. Um, <laughs> been a long day um goodbye (laughs) that's it it's over this has been a knavery inc podcast go to knaveryinc.com for more details executive produced by jacob duffy hallblad audio design by dominic guanzon the heck is a knave